0: And as you know, the word acceptable is in quotes because they're not really acceptable, but the world has kind of made them acceptable. So as soon as we get seated, we'll get started. Acceptable sins. It's been pretty brutal around here as we've talked about acceptable sins, right? How many of you have been convicted some this past few weeks? I have. I sure have. Um, But it's been a good thing. Amen? And so today will not be any different Uh, You will be challenged, you will be uh, encouraged to change today, because today we're talking about offense. Ooh, I heard the groans. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, been there, done that, right? Because all of us have experienced being offended, whether it's in traffic or whether it's uh, with a relationship or with our spouse, you know, we have all experienced that, um, that, that, experience of being offended and just you know when I really tried to boil it down I think people get offended when we don't do things or they don't do things the way we want them done and I think basically that's where offense sets in you know what you want you know how you want it done and then someone has the audacity to come along and do it their way and so it offends you you've got things figured out and you know we even feel that way about God sometimes how many of you think you know how God should do things Yeah, we do. If we're being honest, we think we know how God should do things and when he should do them. And so um, offense is something we've all experienced. There are several scriptures that I want to share with you, one from the New Testament that we'll look up. But I want to tell you a story first from an Old Testament story about offense. It's probably one of my favorite in the Old Testament. It's the story of Nahum. And uh, he was commander of the Syrian army. And uh, it was in 2 Kings chapter 5, if you want to read this afterwards. But uh, he was a leper. And so, in one of their conquests, they captured a young Israeli girl, and she said to him, There's a man in Israel named Elisha, a prophet, and he can heal you. And so, Naaman wanted to be healed, and so he went to the king of Syria, and he said, Do I have your blessing to go to Israel? and meet with Elisha the prophet, because they say that he can heal me of the leprosy that I have. And so the king of Syria blessed his visit, wrote him a letter, put his official kingly stamp on it, sent him to find the prophet Elisha to receive his healing. And so here the commander of the Syrian army is going to an Israeli prophet for his healing, and he knows, he has faith that he's going to receive it. So the word comes to Elisha that he's coming, and so Elisha prays and seeks God. And then when the Syrian army commander, Naaman, knocks on the door, Elisha sends his servant to the door and says, If you want to be healed, go dip in the Jordan River seven times. Well, he was highly offended. He had uh, gone many, many miles, and then Elisha, the prophet, didn't even come to the door He sent the servant with the word on how he was to be healed. And he said to himself and to his other uh, entourage of people that had come with him, the audacity, the idea, there's so many wonderful rivers in Damascus, Syria, my home nation, where I could go dip in those waters. And this prophet wants me to go dip in the dirty Jordan River in Israel. I'll not do that. And so he was offended and he left offended. Because he didn't get things the way he wanted them, right? uh, Elisha the prophet didn't heal him the way that he perceived he should have been healed. And so that's the nature of offense. So Naaman's servant said to him, If he had asked you to do a hard thing, would you have done it? And Naaman said, You know, I would have. And he said, Well, why don't you try this? Why don't you go to the Jordan River and dip? All you've got to lose is your leprosy and a little bit of pride. So Naaman did it, and he was gloriously healed. And so that's the story of how easy it is to be offended because people don't do what we want them to do in the way that we want them to do it. So I want to share with you a scripture from the New Testament about offense. It pertains particularly to the Lord Jesus Christ and how he experienced uh, offense in his own life. I think it's comforting to know that Jesus goes through it too, right? yeah he he received it also so this is a story in Matthew 13 I hope you're there beginning with verse 53 now Matthew 13 is a wonderful chapter of parables about the kingdom of God the whole chapter is about the kingdom of God the uh sowing and reaping um the pearl of great price uh the net that was uh sown and and how God pulls in all those things um in the net let me get to my place um, the mustard seed. We love that story of the mustard seed. It's in Matthew thirteen. So Matthew thirteen is just one chapter just pregnant with insight and understanding into the kingdom of God. And then you get to these last five verses in Matthew thirteen, and this is what we find. I'll be reading in the New Living Translation. When Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country. He returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When he had taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom and this power to do these miracles? Then they scoffed. Then they scoffed. He just He's just the carpenter's son, and we know Mary. We know Mary. His mother and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, and all his sisters live right here among us. Where he did, he learned all these things and they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. And then Jesus told them a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. To me, that's one of the saddest stories in the word of God, how um, they allowed offense and Knowledge of Jesus, his dad, his mom, his brothers, his sisters, how they allowed their judgment of him, how they scoffed at him. And looked at him through natural eyes instead of spiritual eyes, and how they missed their blessing and their opportunity to be healed and delivered while Jesus was in their very midst. You know, sometimes we miss that. Jesus is right here, and we miss that blessing, we miss that healing, and he's right in the middle of us, but because of offense, Uh, against someone else or against unbelief that's grown in our relationship with him we miss that opportunity so that's one of the saddest stories to me in the bible Um, but it gives us great insight because it tells us several things first of all it shows us what offense really is and that offense was there in the life of Jesus it shows us that without honor he was without honor in his hometown and I'll just say this to you if you struggle with offense then you also struggle with giving honor to other people. And I'm going to go over offense and honor a little bit more in detail in just a moment. And the other thing that it tells us is that out of offense grows unbelief. If you want to be strong in faith, then don't walk an offended life. You can't walk an offended life and be strong in faith. So I want to give you the definition of offense. Sometimes this is hard up here. Um, but, um, the definition of offense, offense is to put a snare or a stumbling block in the way. That's what offense is. It's a stumbling block. The noun it's related to, um, the Greek word for that is scandalon, and it refers to a bait stick or a trap in the new Testament. It is always used metaphorically of that, which hinders right thought or conduct, in other words, offense can mess up the way you think. How many of you know that? When you get offended, your thinking gets messed up. And so it offends or it hinders right thought or conduct. Also, the way you act can be um, changed because of offense that's in your heart. So it is a stumbling block. Or a scandal on means to cause to stumble. And uh, I was thinking about a way that I could let you all see what this is. When we talk about a bait stick, I mean, none of us do that, right? I mean, none of us have a bait stick in our backyard. Maybe a trap for moles or something like that. But, I mean, we just don't live in that era anymore. But everyone in this congregation has seen a mousetrap, right? Right? So the mousetrap is set to catch the mouse. And so what do you do? You put a tiny little morsel of cheese on there, and it becomes the trap. And cheese is the offense, it's the stumbling block for the mouse. So this is a, a picture of what scandal really is. A fence is the cheese on the trap that Satan sets for you to cause you to walk out on honor, to cause you to walk in unbelief, and to cause you to walk in the fence. I told you I would give you the definitions of those three things that Jesus experienced in Nazareth a little bit earlier. And this is the first one, it's honor. It means splendor, honor, adornment, magnificence, beauty, and the verb means to make splendid. Often in marriage counselings, I share with, uh, share with people that as a spouse, your job is to honor. Remember when you said those vows? To honor and to love and to death do you part? And honor means to make the other person splendid, to lift them up and to honor them and make them glorious. And that's exactly the opposite of how we feel when we're offended, right? We want to tear down that person. We want to make sure everybody knows every single fault that they have. If they're in the traffic, we want to pull a Tawanda and ram them in the back (laughs) if we're offended with them, right? Or make some kind of hand gesture that's not appropriate. And um, so... We do not honor people when we are offended with them. In fact, we do everything that we can to dishonor them. And so that's what that verb means. so in our marriages and in our relationships and in our family relationships, it's really good to honor people and to make sure that we make them splendid. And if you find yourself ever dishonoring someone, look, because you've eaten the cheese, you've taken the bait, and you're an offense. Uh, the other thing that was in the example that we read out of Matthew 13 in Jesus' hometown of Nazareth was unbelief. And it literally means faithlessness. The New International Version says lack of faith. And so when you are in a fence, it chokes off the faith in your life. It snuffs it out. It keeps you from growing in faith. And you walk in faithlessness. Many of you watched football games this weekend, and you know in a football team there's offense and defense, and the offense is forward motion, right? It's the one that gets the ball and moves it to the goal line to score and make the touchdown and win the game. Well, it's interesting that they're both spelled the same way. So offense in your life stops being offended, stops your offense or your forward motion. All right, y'all got that? Okay, offense, being offended, stops your offense or your forward motion in life because it chokes your faith. Offense can choke your faith. You can't be offended uh, or mad at someone and, yeah, I did that. Yeah. (laughs) I just want you to see what happens to you. The devil sets you up with a chunk of cheese and then you, you bite it, you take it, and then your faith is choked out of you. Don't be a rat in the kingdom of God. Amen. (laughs) Hey, that's a quotable quote, isn't it? Don't be a rat in the kingdom of God. (laughs) But uh, the fact that the scripture says that it chokes your faith, I mean, there was no better representation of that to me. So offense is Satan's trap, temptation, and snare to keep you from receiving the promises of God in your life. So, a good thing to do today is just say, Today I declare, Lord Jesus, that I will not be offended anymore. And when I get offended, I'll be quickly uh, ready to repent and turn away from that offense. Whether it's against God or man. There's another scripture I'd like to share with you. And this is a part of an offense I don't always get to to teach. (laughs) It's in Hebrews twelve fifteen, and I put it on the screen for you because it's in the New Living Translation, and that's the one I'd like to read it in. It says this, Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Now, grace of God has uh, many definitions, unmerited favor, uh, God's grace, His amazing grace. We talk about grace a lot. My favorite definition of grace is the ability Or the empowerment to change. Grace is a spiritual force that empowers you to change and to walk away from the place that you are. Grace that is greater than all my sin. Amen. So mercy is not getting what you deserve, but grace is the power to change. And God has given us all grace. No one has to stay where they are today. With God's grace, you can change whatever needs to be changed in your life because God has given you that abundant grace. I like where it says, look after one another so that you don't fail. Isn't that a great thing? Look after one another so that you don't fail. Encourage one another not to walk in offense. It says, watch out that no poison root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Now, the thing about offense is this. When it starts out, it's just offense. But if offense continues in your life, then you grow what the Scripture calls a root of bitterness. It's a root. It's a deep, deep root, and it goes way down into your soul. And then the problem with that root of bitterness is it begins to affect other people. It begins to not only affect you in your life, but it begins to affect other people. I was trying to think of a visual for... Um, showing you that, and I came up with this. How many of you have seen kudzu? Yeah, kudzu was uh, introduced to America in 1876 because it has a pretty flower. And then about 1930 and about 1930 to 1950, it became used for erosion, uh, for rain and eroding the soil, And no one had any idea at that point in time how vicious the vine is and what would happen uh, to all those cuttings of kudzu that were planted for erosion's sake. And so this, you see, that kudzu not only has its own root system and its own lifespan, but it grows and it takes over everything around it. You see, all those um, figures that are on the screen in that picture were once live trees and bushes and had a life of their own. But kudzu actually kills them and takes over their place because it covers them with such shade that they don't get the sunlight and they end up dying. Now, a root of bitterness that takes root in your heart goes out and defiles many people. A fence, you know, is spread. It's easily spread. Kudzu grows one foot every week, and that 's how rapidly a fence can grow and can overshadow people. You know, I know families that are offended with other families and have been offended with those families for forty years because Grandma and grandpa were offended with them, and so we 're still offended with them and So what has happened is that offense has just grown over every generation. Covering their identity and covering who they are and just taking over their lives. have another uh, picture here. This is an old school bus that was parked and the kudzu just covering it up. It's just covering it up. There are pictures, um, because of time's sake today, I only did these two, but houses that are completely covered by kudzu. And a root of bitterness in your life, a fence that you do not deal with, grows up a root of bitterness and covers everyone close to you. And so not only does it defile you, but it eats up everyone in your path. And that's not God's will, is it? Um, The world says it's acceptable. It's an acceptable sin. I worked a number of years ago in the business world with a man, and at least twice a week he would say, well, that offends me about someone or something. And you've heard it. People say that all the time. Well, that offends me. Well, that's not the way the kingdom of God works. Because in the kingdom of God, if you get offended, then you become fodder for Satan. And he preempts God's plan and God's purpose in your life because you eat the cheese. and And your faith gets choked out. So that's basically all I have to say today about that. I don't know how to say it any clearer, any succinctly than that, other than this, that God does not want us to walk in a fence because it stops our offense. If I had to give you two phrases, if you didn't take notes, I'll give you these two phrases. Don't eat the cheese. (laughs) And the other one is cut the kudzu. (laughs) And I will just say this. If you're next to someone, I mean, I don't mean literally. Don't look at one another. But if you're in a relationship with someone somewhere in life um, who has a root of bitterness and who's growing their bitterness over on you and overshadowing you and cutting the sunlight out of your life, then get away. Get away from that person. Cut the kudzu. I mean, uh, years of unforgiveness and resentment and offense, Uh, will not bring life eternal to you. So don't eat the cheese and cut the kudzu. Don't let the shadow of a fence dwell over your life. Amen. I just ask you to stand to your feet, please.